The Midwest Film Nerds podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free Stitcher Radio app from the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Tim. I'm Willie. I'm Nick. Today we are going to do a quick little update on the Summer Movie Wager. Uh, we are also going to talk about some film news. And then finally we are going to review Brian Singer's X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, before we get to that, uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Please write to us. Let us know what you think of the show or anything that we talk about. Uh, give us a call at 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. You can also give us, uh, you can send us some messages on Twitter. At MFN Podcast, we're also on Instagram. Check us out there. Uh, all that good stuff. So, right into the summer movie wager update. Just a real quick update on the box office of the movies that are out. Amazing Spider-Man Two still sits at number one with six hundred and seventy-six million dollars. Uh, these are also, I should say, we're we're having uh, this is Memorial Day today, so these are estimates for the weekend because the weekend should technically include Monday. But so these are estimates through Monday. Normally this won't be an issue, but uh, S- Spider-Man's at the top, six hundred and seventy-six million. Godzilla's next with three hundred and twenty-three million. Uh, X-Men number three with three hundred and two million dollars. It's already it's already getting big. Uh, Neighbors one hundred and eighty-four million dollars at number four. Number five million dollar arm with twenty-two point seven million. Number six, Tim's favorite movie, Blended. Oh boy. $20.9 million, uh, putting it above Mom's Night Out at number 7 with $9 million. Okay. Yeah, and that's the second time we've done that. <laughs> and then finally, Legends of Oz, or no, excuse me, Legends of Oz, Dorothy's Return has $7.7 million, and number 9, Chef, has $4.2 million. That's still not a wide release. So. Jeff. Isn't Leguizamo in there? Yes, he is. You better bet. I, I, when I was in San Francisco, I could have gone to see it, and I didn't, and I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> not really. But, um... So, well, you should be. Yeah, we can move right into our film news. We got some big Marvel news. Actually, news. There's actual, which is cool. Yeah, actual movie news. Confirmed news. (laughs) Yes, not not rumors or speculation. Uh, Edgar Wright has left Marvel's Ant Man over quote unquote creative differences. Uh, Disappointing. I think we all agree. Yeah, it's a bummer, especially after so many. Or what? Six years of working on the thing. Eight years, eight, even. Eight years. Yeah, yeah that's sad. That's that sucks. Yeah, it's not good. We don't really have home a whole lot of information. We know that like Joss Whedon tweeted out a picture of himself holding up a Cornetto ice cream in solidarity. Solidarity. Um, uh, Edgar Wright tweeted out a picture of Buster Keaton, I think, or who was it? Somebody with the Cornetto, looking sad it was with somebody the Cornetto. Else. Yeah, because Edgar Wright. I read a thing. Apparently it's a thing to... Uh, Twitter is a good barometer for how a celebrity is feeling, apparently. And if they tweet a lot, things must be going well. And if yeah. they don't, then what's going on? <laughs> but they said uh, Wright's only Twitter activity was to retweet the Joss photo mm-hmm. and retweet Simon Pegg's tweet, which was really interesting. When he said something along the lines of, uh, I've never been more proud of Edgar Wright than I am this morning, yeah. and I always will be, or something like that. Yeah, Which has lent a lot of fuel to the speculation that Marvel was in the wrong sort of thing, or that they were trying to retool his baby for their own to fit the mold. Yeah, and um, we also got a. Uh, let me see if I, I thought that's a Cherno. I was like Cherno. Is it the Grim Two? What? <laughs> what? Uh, James Gunn. Oh, he wrote something. Wrote something on Facebook. Let me yeah. see if I can pick it up. He was basically just like. Uh, don't blame anyone. Uh, yeah, he was more partial about, or he was, he impartial. kind of, he, yeah, impartial. Uh, here's the post. He said, sometimes you have friends in a relationship. You love each of them dearly as individuals and think they're amazing people. When they talk to you about their troubles, you do everything you can to support them, to keep them together. Because if you love them both so much, it doesn't make sense they sh- or doesn't it make sense they should love each other? But little by little, you realize at heart they aren't meant to be together. Not because there's anything wrong with either of them, but ju- but they just don't have personalities that mesh in a comfortable way. They don't make each other happy. Although it's sad to see them split, when they do, you're surprisingly relieved and ex- and excited to see where their lives take them next. It's easy to try to make one party right and another party wrong when a simple breakup or when a breakup happens, but it often isn't that simple. 
Or perhaps it's even more simple than that. Not everyone belongs in a relationship together. It doesn't mean they're not wonderful people. And that's true of both Edgar Wright and Marvel. One of them isn't a person, but I think you get what I mean. So, something happened. <clears throat> well, I think it's better. In all honesty, it's, it's, it's a huge disappointment because he was a big reason for why I was excited for Ant-Man. You know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's a big disappointment, but, you know, I, I see what James Gunn's trying to say, and I think it's... I mean, I, I'm, I'd rather the two of them go their separate ways than have Edgar Wright... Neutered? Make a movie that yeah. he doesn't want to make. You know, because it's, it's going to show. That the, stuff yeah, comes out like, on... That stuff comes out in the finished product, I think, most of the time. And I don't want... <clears throat> I want Edgar Wright to be happy doing what he's doing, and I want, you know, I want a good Ant-Man movie. Yeah. And if, you know, and I don't know. Hopefully we get both those things. But Unfortunately, we couldn't get them together, but yes. hopefully, you know. Yeah, it's a bummer. Any other thoughts real quick, Edgar Wright? Yeah, I hope it's not a sign of things to come. Well, we can talk about the pattern here. It's kind of a pattern, but not really. Drew Goddard has left Marvel's Daredevil Netflix show, and replacing him will be Stephen S. DeKnight. Also, they've written on things together. Yeah, the Buffy guys. Yeah, they're they're, they're Buffy bros. And uh, Stephen S. DeKnight was showrunner for Spartacus. Yes! One of Tim's Tim's favorite shows. Spartacus. (laughs) It should be said, by the way, that Goddard is still executive producer on... They're using his first two scripts, I think. Okay. So, I mean, it's, I, I think this is more of a case of... In all honesty, I thought he was already off. Like, as soon as he was announced for... Sinister, Sinister Six. Six. I was like, well, I just assumed that he was not doing Daredevil. And yeah, so he, we should say he's picked up the... Uh, the A while back, we might have talked about it, he's going to be writing and directing Sinister Six for uh, Sony, which is the... It's weird. One, of, one of the next uh, Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. It's weird that he chose that one. That's what worries me. He chose this potential, just huge WTF of a project <laughs> over something that seems to be just nothing but awesome so yeah. far. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious to know why, if he just wanted to work more in features, he was more comfortable with that than television. But I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I don't know. I don't Maybe know. Sony was just like, hey, asshole. We're fast-tracking this, so either get on board or get off the ship. That could be it, too. I don't know. Sounds like a Sony thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, apparently it's also a Marvel thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he would at least be to create... Like, he should be able to creatively look at Spider-Man 2 and be like, this is a bit of a mess, and why would I want to deal with that? But, who knows? I I, mean... Was it... I think uh, it was... It was confirmed by Variety that Marvel uh, had Edgar Wright's replacement picked out. They just hadn't announced it yet. I don't know if it's been confirmed, but it's heavily rumored that there is a replacement for Edgar Wright that just has not been announced. That That's what's going to be the real deciding factor on how I feel about it, I think, mm-hmm. is who the replacement is. Yeah, if they're going with somebody who... Uh, and the, I don't know. If they're going with somebody like an Alan, Alan Taylor who doesn't have a ton of or any feature... You know, credits under his belt. I, I then I will definitely buy more into the theory that they were like they want somebody we to want steamroll. To mul- yep, that's yeah. what really worries me. If, if Thor they, two is kind of a mess and doesn't right. have a strong like guiding hand of like this is my vision. No, it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like Marvel's really starting to minimize the role and importance of the director as like Feige. I, I have this friend who has this theory that Feige's going to be directing Avengers three. And then all this, no, and then all this stuff. No, I'm dead. No, 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 no. I, I am. I'm just. But there's it's all funny. there's all this evidence now that's starting to build that that might happen. That and, just makes me sick. <laughs> and like... it, well, yeah, and it's it's just weird because uh, we had some friends who worked on Captain America too, and they were talking about how it's very weird. It's really it's a weird process that they have where they they previs everything. Yeah. And then they just get to set and they just shoot it and it's all already been decided like unusually thoroughly and that Feige is insanely hands-on especially in the edit which remember somebody said that maybe maybe have, have been where Wright was clashing maybe with the script and the edit. Yeah. And then they were they were saying that Marvel gave the script to two like unknown writers to mm-hmm. work on which I mean we'll we'll see what ends up happening in the end if what what's true and what's not but I, I <laughs> it's weird man it's scary. Cause, and then I thought uh, Whedon's tweet was really interesting. Yeah. Like, in kind of taking the side of Edgar, I was like, yikes, yeah. like, you're their golden boy. This is really a politically crazy move. So 
I don't, and I, I want to say man. too, I don't think it's necessarily a hundred percent fair to jump to the conclusion that this is going to be what Marvel does. Just because, I mean, I I felt like Captain America two felt like like those like I don't know a ton of the Russo stuff, but it felt like their vision was accomplished from everything they said about the, what they wanted to do with the movie, the political thriller angle, and I and everything I've seen from Guardians of the Galaxy is super James Gunn, so. Maybe they. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't, see. Because supposedly know. Thor was pretty troubled too, like Thor two. So maybe maybe they just looked at how hard it was to work with somebody who has like I don't know what Alan Taylor's vision is, but obviously like supposedly the two didn't line up particularly well, and maybe they could see that coming with Edgar, and they were like, we need to do something about this. Well, and who bought, who dropped out of Thor two initially? It was um, Eddie Jen- Jenkins. Jenkins, and she said it was over the same thing, the same like yeah answer. So I, d- I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, looking at Captain America 2 and, and some of the previous movies, it's not out of the realm of possibility for Marvel to find somebody to work with that will make a good movie, but it sucks. It's sad that Edgar Wright's not going to have a stamp on this. Yeah, I want to know more so badly, because I want to know why they're picking the people they're picking now. Yeah. It seems almost like they're picking people that will just say, okay, and I don't know. I'm really curious we'll see. to see where it goes, yeah. We'll see. All right. Uh, and Drew Goddard, that sucks, but okay. We'll it, see. it makes me... I mean, it, if anything, it should be a good sign for Sinister Six if he's like wants to throw himself fully into that. Yeah. It might end up being cool. All right. Um, Godzilla director Gareth Edwards is going to direct the first Star Wars fin- spinoff film in December 16, 2016. <laughs> On December 16, 2016. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, supposedly, there's like a Hasbro of all people has apparently leaked like the schedule for for Star Wars films and 2015 is going to bring us episode 7. 2016, this movie is supposed to be Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. 2017 is supposed to be episode 8. And then 2018 is supposed to be Han Solo. And then 2019 or whatever is supposed to be episode 9. And then the next one's supposed to be uh, like a Red Five, like X-wing fighter film. I want to see that first. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I hey, I mean, I don't. What? Why did they see Godzilla and were like, hey? I I I, I mean, <clears throat> I, he'd be I, he'd be great for Boba Fett. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that that's weird. But I I'm sure that the success of Godzilla had something to do with them saying Is Boba Fett this be guy turned into a three hundred foot tall body hunter. <laughs> No, I... I Jet Jaguar? Jet Jaguar. Um, <laughs> I don't know... Fat Jaguar. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about a Boba Fett movie. I, I guess I don't... At this point, I don't really care that much about it. I don't know. I mean, it's... it's. The, we've talked about the Star Wars thing, and, and I think that I feel the same way about the the um, side okay. spin-off movies. Let's, let's, let's take a step back. We don't know what the movie's going to be. Right. How do you feel about them choosing Gareth Edwards? I like Gareth Edwards. Song okay. Down. Anybody else thoughts on Gareth Edwards? No, I like Gareth Edwards a lot. Any pro- any problems with Godzilla are not the direction he can. That guy can direct us to that piece. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I'm also. I also like talking really quiet right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's really conducive for a podcast. You should dim the lights. I like Gareth Edwards, but he's he's good at a very particular type of movie. So that's far. all he's demonstrated. Yeah. At that's least. all he's yeah. demonstrated. And while he's really good at it, I want to know what why that makes him good for this movie, mm-hmm. or if he just if they just open talks with him a couple months Maybe ago and he said this is my pitch yeah. and this is what I would do. I mean, this will be a t- this will be a true test for him though as a director though I think because of that like we'll see if he's going to be a guy who can break through what he's already. I'm done. just happy that he's not like I said was that last week with Godzilla mm-hmm. where I said I want to see him do something else besides Godzilla too. So hey. Careful what you wish for, I guess. Maybe it's Boba Fett. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Next up on the docket, we have... uh, Apparently, there's an offer on the table for Harrison Ford to come back to Blade Runner. How do we feel, Willie? You know, look, Mm. I... I, I've... I've... Exhaling. No, I've bounced back and forth on this subject... um, so many times, just just in terms of Blade Runner two, yeah. Um, and I've always said that if if they make a sequel, I would like to see Ford back in some capacity because I don't just want to see a spiritual successor. I kind of want to see a sequel. I yeah. want to see what happens to Deckard. And but after my feelings, the feelings I had towards Prometheus, I'm not sure if I want that anymore. I honestly am not. And I, I, I love Ridley Scott, but I just don't know. But was Prometheus Ridley Scott's problem, or was it Damon Lindelof's problem? Well. 
Ridley Scott's been around the block long enough. He knows a bad script when he reads it. So you know what? <laughs> it's Ridley's problem now. It's what? yeah, it is, right, and, and it's right. and it's. I just don't know if he's got it anymore. Was that his last movie? Of, um, it was his last. The counselor. The counselor. Side oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got it still. He made the counselor. <laughs> yes. Um. You can go back and listen to our thoughts on the counselor some at some point on MidwestFilmNerds.com. Nick and I have a have a, a mental treatment we wrote while working a shift at the video store once. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you t- um, you might have talked it's about this. Good. I won't I won't delve this. into it right now, but uh, it was pretty Bonus cool. Episode. So Ridley, if Nerd you're listening, you just come talk to us. Some ideas. All right. Um, anybody else? You want to see Harrison Ford reprise his role? It's weird because it essentially negates Ridley's. Cut. It kind of I mean, does. Kind of maybe un- it kind of undoes. Depending on what they do with it, but it, it could potentially undo Ridley's uh, undo stance. The final, final cut. So yeah. it's it's interesting. But that might be the only way they can get Ford back because he was pretty adamant about That's that. That's true. It's true. I don't, and I I want to know if it's like leading. Are you talking about the Deckard being a replicant cut? Yes. Yeah, the yeah, argument. Like, yeah. Because yeah. Ridley's always said he is. Ford is like and no. Ford's like I don't think he is. But to be fair, we don't know, you know, that even if Deckard is a replicant, we don't know that he was not created differently because he is a Blade Runner. It was always implied he was created differently because he would have a longer lifespan. Sure. He's not designed to die after four years. Right, right. Because clearly he's lived longer than I, I want to know, I guess, if it's if it's an offer for the lead, if, like, Deckard is the lead, or if he's, like, a supporting player. Yeah, we, and we don't know. I, I would kind of be cool with it, with him being, like, a, a side character. It would be kind of neat. But if, if the story's good enough, why not fucking make him the lead? Like... <laughs> He's, already, he's getting Star Wars Episode Seven apparently. Yeah, so. essentially. That's why I'm, I'm getting nervous. Like I love Harrison Ford, but he's like immortalized, and like that's that's Harrison Ford of the Blade Runner. I don't want to make like you don't want him to crush his other iconic roles like he crushed Indiana Jones. Well, not, he, he didn't crush it, but yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple that are in the shooting order now that have kind of freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. All right. It, it makes me nervous. I, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I won't. It won't ruin the original. So that's. I'm not one of those people that's like. Like, you know, when Ninja Turtles comes out... You'll, you'll here, still have Blade Runner. I will Runner. still have Blade you'll Runner. You'll still have the final I will not... Absolutely, so... I'm anxious it. to hear more news, for sure. Yeah. I want to hear more details, like, if, if it is the lead, or, like, what, what the story's going to be about. Some of the things they were talking about, didn't they make a piece of, piece of concept art? They said it was, like, a huge field with, like, a giant mechanical combine, and, like... Well, that yeah. was, that's Ridley. That was Ridley's idea for the opening. The opening yeah. shots of the... Which sounded interesting... He definitely wants to go in a different direction visually, I think, than the original, which I think is smart because you cannot you cannot mimic the look of that movie. You can't do it, I don't think. Not without making it look CG. I, I don't think they could. It'd I don't be cool want them if they to tried it. to recreate it. I would be cool with bits and pieces. Like I just, pract- if they shot it practically. If they did that again, I mean, but no one's going to let them do that. Ridley's just got everything in his basement. <laughs> he still got the sun. <laughs> like, hey guys, we still got all this over here. Well, I mean, episode seven, they're shooting. Largely practicals. Yeah, like they have. Yeah. they have all the. They've got all the puppets and shit. They're not working with Henson's, which is really bizarre. Star That's Wars was a little, to make a lot of money, though. Yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars was a little bit bigger box office on the yeah. first blow than Blade Runner was. And, and I don't know. I'm, I'm. I mean, I. I almost hope it comes out because I want to see what Blade Runner does, like money wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like it's going to make no. You gotta, money. It would make no money. You got to think the again. fan base has like grown. Like, it's yeah, got. It, I, I mean, know. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Tim, any thoughts? Um, the counselor has one of the best decapitations I've seen <laughs> in the movie, so R- Ridley still got it. All right. All right. <laughs> Fair point. Okay, and then final news story here. We have an official title for Batman vs. Superman. It is Batman v. Superman, Dawn of Justice. It sounds like a fan film. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, What's that dude's name that directed that fan film? Which one? Batman vs. Predator fan film. Ooh, oh, um, it was uh, Bat- Batman. What was it called? Batman. Oh, gosh. I oh, can't remember. Man. I don't remember. I just remember he had really good access to like good costumes. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Dave Gibbons. Written by Dave Gibbons. No, this is the comic. Oh, that's the comic. Oh, sweet, though. There was a um, there was a fan film where Batman fights an alien and a uh, yeah, Predator. Oh, dead, dead, dead End. Batman Dead End. Yeah, fan film written and directed by Sandy... Oh yeah, Clark Bartram plays Batman. Andrew Koenig, is he related to Walter? <laughs> Hopefully. Anyway, <laughs> they this is Walter. a little bit this is a little bit off off <laughs> subject. Uh, Sorry. Well, well I, mean, I don't know what we're gonna say about a title. Yeah, I, was gonna say, <laughs> I don't I mean I I don't like 
the title Batman. Call it World's Finest. That's such a sweet name. Yeah. yeah. So, whatever. I agree. I, I, I don't really care. I think uh, <laughs> Dawn of Justice. Like, it doesn't really I wonder matter. if we're going to get a setup for the Justice League that we haven't had telegraphed to us for the past six months. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. If Red Tornado shows up, I'll be happy. Go in front of the show and host Gojo <laughs> said, uh, "What is it like? Justice hasn't been anywhere yet. <laughs> hasn't like, existed. Justice just hasn't existed. No, it's it's a title. I really, honestly, don't care. Yeah. It's the V part that throws me off. Yeah. Why, why just V? I don't know. It's clearly going to open in a courtroom. <laughs> It's just, why not save Mercy? Like, just, I don't know. What if it's, like, a courtroom drama? Like, like Superman suing Batman for being a dick? Well, like, that was, like, wasn't that a rumor? Like, isn't isn't that what? a rumor? Of, like, of, of, uh... That can't be possible. Supposedly, like, super... I don't know. Like, Ooh. I don't remember. I'm not gonna... That's worse than me talking about other people's speculation. It's right. me just pulling something out of my butt. I, well, I'm not crazy. I wasn't crazy about the title. I don't like Batman versus Superman unless they're gonna fight the whole movie. And they're not gonna fight the whole movie. So, really, it's, they're not versing each other. Unless the movie is three minutes long. Yeah. I understand having the words Batman and Superman right. in the marketing. But if it was called Batman and Superman, World's Finest, or just... Yeah. If it was called just World's Finest, that'd be cool. People would get it. But yeah. they might... The, I mean, people got Dark Knight and Man of Steel, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which which, I think arguably are kind of off-base enough for them to maybe look at, you know, overlook it. I think oh. the Dark Knight made them okay with trying to do something different. Sure. Maybe they blame the slightly not-as-good box office of Man of Steel on the fact that it wasn't Superman, but... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Man of Steel's a great title, though. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. If this one was just called Dawn of Justice, I'd kind of be like, okay, I guess. <laughs> The world's maybe. finest, I think, would be. It's a cool title. Maybe that'll be the sequel. Who knows? No, it's going to be Justice League. <laughs> I mean, the sequel to this movie. Justice League. The sequel to this movie is Justice League. This is Justice League, bro. <laughs> no, it's the dawn of, dawn justice. of justice. Twilight of Justice. Justice is ending. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's it's that's, 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 that's why they that's why they pay the big bucks. Twilight yeah. v Justice. <laughs> End of Justice. <laughs> Starring Daniel Cudmore. Star, star of X Men: Days of Future Past and Twilight. Speaking of X Men: Days of Future Past, <laughs> let's get going. right into our review. Oh uh, Brian Singer's X Men: Days of Future Past. Um, so IMDb synopsis says the X-Men send Wolverine to the past in a desperate effort to change history and prevent an event that results in the in doom for both humans and mutants. Uh, this stars Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Hugh Jackman, uh, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, many, 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 many people. Um, so this movie, we happened to talk about this movie on episode number one. That's funny. That was the announcement of this movie. Whoa. Was, was it called one. Days of Future Past that? Like that? We, that was when know. Brian Singer said the follow-up to First Class will be X-Men Days of Future Past. So Matthew Vaughn was still directing. Matthew Vaughn was still directing. You can actually go on our website, MidwestFilmNerds.com, click on the blog, and then search for X-Men. And I've tagged all the posts where we've talked about Days of Future Past since we've started. And you can basically go and follow our thoughts on it all. And then send us feedback on how we're jerks and we wound up being wrong about all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny because my first thoughts on it were like, I hope this is just them making more distance from the original three. And then Brian Singer signed on and I was like, well, I hope this just makes Brian Singer just delete X-Men 3, which we can get into. But anyway, X-Men Days of Future Past, um, Brian Singer uniting both the first class cast and his original cast. Uh, in one story, in in one of the kind of seminal uh, X Men stories, Sentinels in the future killing yeah. everybody. One and, of the great Claremont stories. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, Tim. How did you feel about X Men: Days of Future Past? Um, let's see. I'm leaning toward. I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm leaning negative. If I were lean. Okay. Lean, Tim. No, I don't. Want to. Um, if I yeah, if I were like a Rotten Tomato. Like, it would be a rotten. <laughs> okay. But barely. All right. No, I don't know. I But I should say that I don't really like any other singer X-Men. I, I liked X-Men 2 when it came out, and then I tried to watch You're it. You're more race. of a Ratner X-Men man? <laughs> I, do, I don't have a hate for it. More of a Gavin, <laughs> Gavin Hood guy? I don't really care about it. Mm. I, the two I like are First Class and I like The Wolverine. Yeah. And then all the other X-Men movies I don't really like that much so um two i think two has some amazing like a couple really good sequences and that's kind of what brian singer does is he directs like a couple he's like a hypnotist he he directs a couple really good sequences and then you go oh that was a great movie but it's really there's a ton of boring stuff in in a brian singer movie um 
So he's one of the weird. He's weird to me because he, like, he's a well-known director, but I don't think he has any sort of like style or a signature style. So like, it's weird to me. He there's a, he does a lot of slow motion nowadays. Um, so no, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. I'm leaning negative. It's not. I didn't think there was anything really wrong with it. I just didn't really like it. Wasn't your cup of tea. No. All right, Willie, what'd you think of X Men: Days of Future Past? Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't think it beats out X Men: First Class as being the best X Men movie, okay. um, like a lot of people are saying. But it's it, it is a good X Men movie, and it's it's cool to see. Um, uh, we'll get more into it in spoiler Terry, but it's very cool to see Singer get to return to um, the characters that he gave birth to cinematically. I guess. I mean, <laughs> you know. Um, that's a horrible visual. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks, Willie. Um, no, it, it's very cool to see him return to it. And I was I was apprehensive at first when we first heard about it mm-hmm. because it was like we've taken a step forward, and it, feel, it feels like we're like throwing it in reverse and just going back to I was like, can Singer make a superhero movie that doesn't feel like a 2002 superhero movie? And I think he's done that for the most part. I still have ish- some some small issues. I I still think that Singer's costume design is. What was doing is boring, like really boring. Yeah, like this was—I don't know. I, it's it's still people in matrix suits, and it just—I'm I'm tired of it. Like I want to see the X Men be colorful and, and, and be fun, especially since this takes place in like the seventies, right? Or the seventies? Yeah. yeah. Like, let's get disco. Like, where's Dazzler? I don't know. <laughs> um, that well, yeah. She should be there. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> Save that for the Mojo Bird. That's a little dull, and, and and some of the some of the design of the future is a little bit. It's been there, done that. It's just dark. You know what? I, yeah, very dark. Um, I can't imagine watching this in three. Is there a three D? Yes, of this? there is. I'd be. I think it'd be rough. Some of the future scenes, probably. Yeah. So I, I'm just. Even though I haven't seen it in three D, I'm going to say avoid three D because I don't think it would be a good experience. <laughs> it was. It was post converted anyway. So. Oh well, then really avoid three yeah. D. Um, I think the storyline is is pretty cool. I, I think they did a good job of maybe not balancing the two the two sides all that well, but they did a good job of tying the two together and and making it so that there's stakes in both, in each section of the story that are equal to each other. Um, Because they they both affect each other. And I'm glad to say that Wolverine is obviously a, a... a very important part of the movie, but it didn't feel like a Wolverine movie, yeah. which was nice. It's I'm, the first Singer X-Men movie that isn't just Wolverine all the time. Yeah, and I thought it was going to be, yeah. and, and that was a that was a pleasant surprise. Um, it does... In fact, I believe you're quoted as saying, if Wolverine is in this movie, and then just trailing off in our first episode. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds that sounds like me. Um, no, and it's... But it works. Jackman's great. Yeah. Um, I, he's... Huge jacked man. Huge jacked man. I think he was at his best in, um, still at his best in, in The Wolverine. I think that's the best, probably the, it felt like a, like a Wolverine. I mean, it was, it was a Wolverine story, so, I don't know. But I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Alright. I'm just gonna ramble if I keep going. Okay. Yeah. Nick. X-Men. Well, as always, I'm at the mercy of the almighty second viewing. <laughs> to really decide. But I... I liked it a lot when it was over, and the more I've thought about it, the more I've liked it, for sure. I think I may end up placing it, for me, as the best X-Men movie yet. But that comes with a lot of contingencies on why. Like, because it's so nostalgic, and uh, knowledge of the source material helps, like, forgive some of the things. And, like, just knowing that the X-Men comics are a huge mess of convoluted plot lines and, and hilariously bad continuity... So when a movie has that, you're kind of like... Well, you can't whatever. blame it. <laughs> right, well, you can't, and by all means, I should. Yeah. It's like, you know, just like fans of, like, book adaptations will forgive the movie because they already know, whereas I get pissed and I'm like, it's a shit movie because I don't know what's going on because they didn't bother to adapt it. So I could see an outsider watching this movie and being, like, confused at some of the things. But I think overall, it does a pretty admirable job of explaining what's going on, and it cuts pretty well between both timelines when it needs to. And I like that it does it pretty minimally. Yeah. Like, it starts off, and then it goes to the past, and then, like, you kind of check in with the future a little bit, like, midway through the movie, and then it focuses on the past. I like that it was almost bookended, mm-hmm. more or less. Um, I think the fact that any if somebody considers this movie by any means, like, good then that's quite an accomplishment because it's a pretty insane feat. And I remember we were all shaking our heads like, what the hell are you getting into? Like, you've got two casts from two different eras of superhero movie making. You've got a director who 
left the franchise and, and left it in shambles, essentially, <laughs> and then it's kind of on its way back, and now he's going to come. It's just everything about there it. There were a lot really, of questions. A lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Everything about it felt very hinky, but I um, I liked it a lot, and I think uh, it has a lot going for it, and it definitely has some problems, for sure. But it... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I, I had a bunch I wanted to say, but I think a lot of it's going to have to come in spoiler territory. Okay. But I think, oh, I think uh, some of the the people that are in this, like the principals, are the best they've ever been, I think, in, in, in X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. I think Hugh Jackman finally looks like Wolverine. It's awesome. He's, like, so haggard looking and, like, just big. And he looks more, like, just, like, I don't know, messy. And I, I like it. And he just, the gray hair and everything, he just looked the most like Wolverine I think he ever has. And the hair. I mean, the whole time I was like, God, look at his hair. <laughs> it's finally like just Perfect. at that realm of where it can't exist in real life. It's, it's either uh, yeah, Hollywood uh, hair and makeup or a comic book. Like it just the whole time I was like, God, it actually, that's amazing. And he's really good. Fassbender I think is even better in this one. He's yeah. finally like, he's less angsty, young Magneto. And you can see the transition towards Ian McKellen, like mm-hmm. calculating, intelligent. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was very good. McAvoy was awesome. He brought it 110%. He might be the and, uh, best of the movie. Yeah, McAvoy was yeah. so good. Uh, Patrick Stewart and McKellen both were really good, especially Patrick Stewart. Like, he just, man, he reminded me once again, I'm like, that's why he was Professor X. Yeah. He goes, man, is he ever Professor I, X? I pity the person who has to be Professor X, like, after, like, after both two. of these two. Yeah, well, McAvoy, I mean, huge shoes to fill, obviously, and they both were great. Yeah. And, and both of their careers have, like, gotten, like, I mean, McAvoy a little less so, but Fastbender's really exploded, and I thought he could have come back to this and just kind of snoozed through it. But he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. The only there's only one person I didn't particularly like in this one really at all, and it's actually uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she was very good at all. Whereas in the first one she was, so it's interesting. I think it's at the at the requirements of the script. I don't think she. I, don't, I think the Mystique role in this movie is so weirdly contrived. Well, I think that was an effort to get Jennifer Lawrence a lot of screen time because now I she's want to Jennifer agree with Lawrence. you, but I don't. But I just don't think problem, she was very good. I think they just copied and pasted the same scene three times throughout the script. We can talk about it more in spoilers, but it's just like... I just don't think she's a good casting choice. Okay. Like, she she had more to do in this one that was more uh, akin to what Singer had Mystique doing, and mm-hmm. I don't think she fits. Um, but we can, we can get makes in, sense. more into that for sure. Okay. But uh, on the whole, I actually really liked it. It's the one movie that I've seen this year where I'm actively going to go see it again. Like, there's a lot I wanted to see again, but I was just kind of like, I don't really have time. Yeah. Like, Cap 2, I really wanted to see it again, but I didn't. But this is one where I feel like I need to see it again. Which I think is the mark for me personally. For like Nick, that's that's a pretty huge thing when a movie makes me want to see it again. And uh, the last thing is it, it handles time, time travel remarkably like well. I think yeah. it deserves some accolades for explaining everything except why it's happening in the first place. That's which, what Tim Tim said it was. It, it's not like Back to the Future Two where no. he gets a headache. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, Back to the Future Two, which I kind of like. I like. I love movie. Back to the Future Two. It's just, but I don't. I think that movie led to a lot of time travel stuff that just bugs me like I, it just a tr- gets so overcomplicated it's such tricky subject matter and two and I think Back to the Future handle, two handles it well yeah. I think there are a lot of movies that try to do the same thing and it gets really bad have you seen Looper? yeah how yeah. do you feel about Looper I just like being Looper like stop asking questions like literally I love script. Okay. oh god I love that yeah that's, <laughs> Those are, and that's a, the fun of t- a time travel is kind of like this movie does it's going it's not so much the detail to me it's it's just the hey you're yeah. back in time exactly and okay. even the, and even the characters in the movie are a little unsure of if it's gonna work right. they're all kind of like well this is our hail mary yeah yeah mm-hmm. use your new power that no one knows why it's working the way it is and, and make a time travel movie <laughs> yeah got it like, <laughs> that's my that's my only other real fault from a story issue is uh how's it happening yeah apparently well in the comics apparently it was rachel summers that mm-hmm. has the ability to move consciousnesses back in time but well it's cool because a lot of I was reading online to see what if other people were bothered by it because I wasn't even really bothered because I enjoyed the movie enough where I was kind of willing it's to just kind of my a, disbelief but okay. everybody seemed to draw about the same conclusion is that it's just a secondary mutation and I was like okay that's kind of what I thought yeah and the movie never bothers to be like hang on what yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how are you doing that yeah why didn't you do that before? <laughs> and they and they do a good enough job putting like confines against it so that it's not like oh they could just go back in time with her powers and change mm-hmm. everything or something yeah. like that. So it it it, it made it work. Yeah. It was it was clever. They they went and crossed the T's and dotted the lowest case J's. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I think I probably liked it the most out of all of us. Uh, it basically set out to do something, and it's exactly what I wanted it to do. Uh, I think um, I was a little iffy on Quicksilver in the beginning. I think I think Quicksilver himself. I think the movie's kind of tonally a little bit wonky in the first half and then it kind of settles into itself and it goes towards what it actually wants to talk about and I think it works out okay but um, I think I think some of the silliness in the beginning it's weird it, that that feels like a weird remnant of earlier singer X-Men movies but second viewing actually made me less bothered by it I like so. it a lot I thought it was in fitting with the character that they it, yeah it works with the character but I feel like the character's even like a little bit just like it yeah. make, it makes sense because he's a kid and whatever, but it's just it's weird, it's strange. It's cool though because all the other characters in the movie react the same way as the audience. They're all yeah, like, they all cock their heads like what? And, that's, <laughs> and I think that's why it basically like the second time through, I was like, okay, well, it's not like everyone's confused by this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um, no, I thought I thought it was I thought it was quite good. Um, I think this kind of shows that Brian Singer does know how to do something. <laughs> like, like we've had, we've gotten Jack the Giant Slayer wow. and Valkyrie and and a lot of other movies that haven't done particularly well, but this time he made something that was entertaining, and hopefully he can hone in on that skill after twenty years of directing movies or whatever he's at. But it's uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe it is like Tim said, and he just makes you really bored, and then shows you a really cool scene, and that's, maybe like, that's Brian Brian Singer's style. Is that maybe that is his style? Yeah. And, yeah, I think his hypnotism helps him in other places in life too. But um, oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I think this had some some really. <laughs> He stands by it, though. This isn't the part where he goes, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> yeah. If he says a word wrong, he's going to cut it. <laughs> Most of the time, I, I didn't edit out my, my, uh, edit out my, my uh, phone number flub from last week. But, flub, um, flub number? Flubber? Once again, I think Willie, and Willie kind of touches on this on our This Week and on Midwest Film Nerds video, he basically is just like, I think First Class was a really, really good Magneto-Xavier movie, and I think this is also a really, really good Magneto-Xavier movie. I think you don't get so much of the team, especially not in the seventies. No, uh, even in the future, you get you get a lot of teamwork, and there were there were a couple things that I was like, that was amazing, that was really cool. But it's still it doesn't it's not quite a it doesn't feel like the X Men that like I think First Class still gets much closer to just being like here's a team of mutants working together to get something done. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, like, why are we messing around with X Force? That doesn't even need to happen. Like, the like, we need an Exiles movie, like with Blink in the movie. Like, we need that. Like, she might yesterday. be an X Force. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you never know. There's an X Force movie coming out. They're making an X Force movie. Oh, oh. is it going to tie in with Apocalypse? I don't know. The, who's directing it? What's his name? Uh, the Jeff guy who did Wadlow. Jeff Wadlow. Wadlow. Yeah, did Wadlow. Kick Ass too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well. I don't know. We'll Sorry, that goes Scott Wah. Scott Wah. Scott Wah. Scott Wah. Um, but no, all in all, enjoyed it very much. Loved all the characters. It was great seeing everybody again, uh, just coming back and like all the little cameos and things, and and all the people in the future were really really cool. It was weird. It was it was it was weird at first, but I think I think it worked out pretty well in my opinion. I know, I know. Tim loved Daniel Cudmore, but oh, the cuds, oh, cuddly Cudmore. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that guy's got it made. Like, like he's in the Twilight movies and the X Men movies. Yeah, and I don't know what he. I never watched Twilight movies. No, I watched the first Twilight movie. This is important stuff that I'm going through. <laughs> We're right getting now. the backstory. It's <laughs> but like, I don't know how he's done it. Like, he's gonna be getting paid for a while. But is he though? <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll run those things. Like I mean, they'll run him, but yeah. does his contract really have, like, residuals in him? <laughs> I, for his sake, I hope so. He's like a, a stand-up guy, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I think we all, I think at least three of us recommend the movie. <laughs> oh, 100%. One of us one of us might say, if you want a light nap, it might be good. <laughs> I did this while I, I did actually take <laughs> I had nap. other reasons, too. No, me too. I, did, I fell asleep in the first screening, but it, I, it, to me, it wasn't the movie at all. It wasn't particularly bored by anything I was seeing, but it did happen, and I had to go yeah. see it again to make sure that I could judge the movie properly. 
but because we're men of integrity here at the Midwest Film Mix <laughs> podcast. Oh yeah, which is oh, why yeah. I had an under the belt uh, Brian Singer comment that I threw in there. Yeah. Anyway, also it was a cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll go right into spoiler Terry for X Men: Days of Future Past. All right, here we are in spoiler Terry for X Men: Days of Future Past. Spoilers. No, I this movie actually just completely erases X Men Three, which is fantastic. Oh, Command, Command Z. That's yeah. That's <laughs> they bring precisely. back the, the most important part of X Men Three, though, Kelsey Grammer. Well, exactly. Yeah. All I gotta say With is really shitty makeup. Fucking Cyclops. Oh my <laughs> oh god. Did you know, god. Willie? Did you know? No. Okay, good. No, I because I, I, I looked over at you and I was like, that looks pretty genuine. I don't think you knew. About oh, this. dude. I think I had heard Grammer was in it somehow. But I figured he was going to show up in, like, the future somewhere. Yeah. Like, maybe he'd get killed off really early, and they'd be like, oh, my God, look at that. Look how the stakes are so high, because yeah. Kelsey Grammer can't even survive. But I did not expect... Uh, once once the once, once he comes once around the report, corner yeah. and she's talking to somebody in the room, I was like, no. <laughs> dude. dude. <laughs> no. Oh, man. And then I saw... Uh, it was flawless. I was so flawless. happy. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Well, the look you saw on my face was pure joy. Like, uh, yeah, no, I, I I, was like, that looks pretty genuine. I'm pretty certain that he didn't know about it. I was, I, I, what's weird is, like, I, I feel like I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. So I was really happy. No, I mean, um, I, yeah, I don't know. It and was, it was, it was nice. And, and I, I'm really hoping that if the rumors, or no, no, it's true that they're using both casts again in Apocalypse. I'm really hoping that I get Age of Apocalypse Cyclops played by Jimmy Marsden. No. So he's got like a half his head buzzed off <laughs> and then like long hair. Because that would be the best. So. Oh my god, no. It'd be amazing. That'd be pretty beautiful. He could just play his character from Sex Drive, but in a Cyclops suit. No. Uh, it was awesome. It was a really nice, like, pleasant surprise. And I think, I, I think that's what Nick was touching on with the nostalgia comment. Like, it felt really, really good just to see, like, oh my to, God. to finally see those characters happy. Like, yes. yeah. Because it just, like, Ratner just, he's the worst. And, but, like... Wait a minute, though. I've got to bust in again, because Ratner didn't write that script. That no, was Vaughn. No. Like, that's all Vaughn stuff. Like, well... Was it Zach Penn? No, it was Zach Penn. Well, I thought it was Vaughn. I'll yeah. take a look. I, yeah. I don't know. To the Whatever. computer. No, Ratner's the worst anyway, though. But, <laughs> but... <laughs> But um, I mean, I'm not gonna stick out for him too. No, those, no, <laughs> I just X Men, X Men Three really. <laughs> your boy, <laughs> right? Your boy Brett <laughs> defending Brett Ratner's honor. Finally, <laughs> no, somebody has to. I don't right? really care. Family man, though. Yeah. Okay. Good. Let's. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's it, it was nice to see them get kind of a kind of a final a proper send off. Yeah. Yeah, it felt Even though good. it's not a send-off, apparently. I said it's yeah. coming out. And one of the things that kind of bugs me about the X-Men movies is they're like a military. Yeah, you're right. It was Kim Berg and Penn. So. <laughs> the, the famous writing duo. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, one of the things that bugs me about the X-Men movies, and there's a little bit in two, but like they're never at school. And that's what the thing I like about the X-Men comics is like it's... They're kind of a family, and they're always like in yeah. the school teaching, and and but they're like a military unit in these movies, and it was cool to see at the end that they were back at the mansion and everybody yeah. was teaching. I mm-hmm. like that. I uh, I felt when I when 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 Wolverine wakes up and and it's playing the same song, and and you see like ooh ooh, and you see the clock, and oh, I mean even just to preface this, this this is the first movie in a long maybe not in a long time, but in a while that I can recall where I legitimately did not know where it was going to end. Yeah, like I. When the third act started, I was like, I don't know where this is going to go. And they're running out of time. I was like, what's going to happen? Like, I really didn't know how it was going to wind up in the end. And, like, I thought that they were all going to die. The Sentinels were going to kill them all, but Wolverine was going to succeed. And, like, we would just pick up there and be like, well, at least we know Wolverine made it. But uh, when he wakes up there and then there's, like, that just that very dreamlike walk through the mansion and seeing everybody smiling and, like, the music and everything, I 100% felt the way watching that scene that I did the first time I saw the ending of Inception. Oh, absolutely. And I was just, like, like, my heart was racing because I was like, oh my god, is this actually happening? They both serve the same purpose. Are these characters all there? Is everyone okay? And, like, Hugh Jackman did such a good job of conveying that, like, oh my god, did we do it? Is everyone okay? Like, Mm -hmm. after all, like, the... And the movie did a great job of setting up the stakes and, like, showing all the old footage from the olds of people dying and him saying, I've lost a lot of good... When he was talking to Charles, trying to recruit him, he's like, I've lost a lot of good friends, a lot of people have died, and and the the future was so bleak, we had to watch a lot of the a lot of cool mutants die horribly. Multiple twice. times. Yeah. Yes. 
And, like, it was just, did a really good job of, I think, setting the stakes and, and making us feel, like, afraid for these people. And that, that moment when the Sentinels are crawling into the room and, like, just walk right up to Xavier, you're just like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Yeah. He doesn't deserve that. Like, dying the holding man's in a wheelchair. Holding his friend's hand, who's yeah. his friend again, after, like, decades of all those wasted years fighting, like he says. And so for that whole scene, the, that whole... Here, here's so and so, and I was like, "Oh my god, who are we going to see next?" And then Kelsey Graham walked by. I was like, "No fucking way!" <laughs> <laughs> no, dog, no. He just did it. And then he goes in the room, and you see that you see Gene, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" And, it, and then I was like, seriously, like, "Oh my god, this is like I was going to be in there." And then he came around the corner and had the whole just the same old exchange was so good. I it was seriously like oh, for sure. Mar- Marsden's reaction to everything Wolverine does in that last scene is just it's so good. It's spot on. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and and I seriously felt like I was like fourteen, fifteen again watching the first X Men. Like that, just the dynamic and and seeing them and seeing the mansion when it looked like Brian Singer was directing it. Like yeah. it, it even looked the same. Like it was very very cool to see. And so, like I said, the review is almost not even impartial at all because just just for that satisfying, like here are these characters you really liked and they're okay, was really cool. And I think that that's part of the reason I kind of don't want him to come back for the next one because it would be cool to see somebody. He's, he's like, I did it, done. I yeah. fixed, I fixed what rat the rats did, and <laughs> and uh, we're we're good. But Gavin uh, Hood did more damage. <laughs> well, to one to one character, well, not to a lot of characters. To be fair, yeah, X Men Origins does damage to film in general. <laughs> it's, 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 it's been it's, awful. It's set awful. film. Well, that's that's a race now too. Cool. Yeah. So that's nice. That's With an adamantium bullet, they erased yeah. X Men Origins. What's yeah. interesting is that, I, and it's. You know, I know I shouldn't be bothered by continuity and all that, but I, I love continuity. Like, I'm a continuity guy. I don't know. Like, There's still a lot of really, mer- like... Gets me very really excited to, like, see, like, everything, like, fitting in its own yeah. place. Maybe it's just the way my brain works. But I'm still trying to wrap my head around what's still happening. What, you know what I mean? It's... It, well, there's just a lot that we strictly don't know. I want to know. I guess that's why, like, I, I want to really, know what happened. Like, you know? the only continuity that really, like, matters and that they haven't rectified is really things that happen after the Wolverine and after X-Men The Last Stand. Like, Xavier getting back somehow. Strange. Yeah. Magneto gets his powers back. Strange. Well, they explain that in X-Men 3. A, a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he can move mm-hmm. a chess piece, but now he can disassemble a, the X-Jet in front of... Yeah. I think the implication was that the cure is not permanent. It wears off. More of a temporary... Uh... The, the 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 Xavier thing's weird. It, it's the Xavier thing is straight up dumb. Like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Unless he's unless he's making everybody else think he looks like Charles Xavier by using mental stuff or something. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. It, the continuity stuff bugs me a little bit still, but I'm glad at least that we've erased the the really shitty entries into this. Series. I think well, I think it's best to like half remember the movies before. Kind no, of like absolutely. I did, because I didn't I didn't even I, I forgot most of that stuff. The, and these up, these like, things uh, that I'm saying right now, I didn't real I didn't know them until I had the, I looked yeah. up afterwards, and I, you know I'm still just like whatever. I don't care. Those mm-hmm. movies are gone. <laughs> I'm okay with all this. But yeah, it's interesting how there seems to be some some certain things that no matter like. Is it beast? Yeah, beast. Uh, Nicholas Holt beast is the one who says, maybe some things just are gonna happen. And I like yeah. the implication that no matter what, Wolverine will always become Weapon X. Yeah. Obviously, it was there was a weird mystique, unnecessary involvement. like thing. Yeah. Why is mystique like that? That kind of threw me. I was like, what's gonna happen yeah. here? But mm-hmm. um, it seems like Xavier, no matter what, he will find Scott Summers. He will find Jean Grey. He will find Hank McCoy. Like he, these are things that will always happen. But What's dude, interesting is now it's more like the comics too, because he's going to get them at the behest of Wolverine. Like, doesn't Wolverine say to uh, younger Xavier, like, "Go find these"? Yeah, specific, yeah. you know. So that's kind of cool. Like, it, it's more like the comics that way that he goes out and actively and actively re- recruiting them. I this is here we are in spoiler territory. We should talk about the things about the movie that maybe are not good, but I just want to talk about things that are awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and Patrick Stewart, dude, like. Man, is he good? Like Ian McKellen is good in this, but he he never blew me away except yeah. for his final bit where he's where he made me feel sad when he's like, "We wasted all those years fighting, and now at least we got those precious few together, or whatever." But Patrick Stewart, dude, the Charles talking to Charles scene was so intense and so good. But the look on Patrick Stewart's face at the end when like Wolverine walks into the study, yeah, and he and he's like he's like, happens. "Hey, hey, professor," and you can see your professor's like, "Oh, more your bullshit." Like initially. And then he's like, "Yeah, what do you want?" And then, the, and then he says, "I don't remember the line." But and then just the way he looks he's up, he's like, "I'm going to need help with." Him. He's remember, like, "Should you be teaching after history?" 1973, things are a little. And then the way he looks up, and just the look on Stewart's face is so good. And I was welcome like, back. That was awesome. It was beautiful. To think 
this is this is the kind of time travel shit I love. That he's been waiting for like forty years for this moment, maybe even then, not knowing if it was ever going to happen, and then just to think that someone's consciousness. Xavier grew up the whole time, and then just whoop, in the blink of an eye, he shot, got, like, slingshot it all the way back. Is so cool. Yeah, that's just so 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 good. And I, I read the funniest comment on Reddit that I, I should have taken down, where somebody was like talking about the thing. I swear, Tim, there are so many times I'm on Reddit and I see someone's comments. I'm like, this is Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this one that the guy was talking about things he liked and, and didn't like, and the way he was phrasing everything was really hilarious. But his last comment was, he was I like how Xavier. It's all smiles on the outside, and on the inside he's thinking, shit, I have to find a new history teacher now. <laughs> this guy's like one thing he took away at the end. It was so funny. It's amazing. But I, uh, to, to say one last thing about something I really didn't like, Jennifer Lawrence just felt way super out of place in this movie. Like, it's largely the physical stuff. Like, it just it looked weird and like, just gross. Like, her, yeah. her portrayal of Mystique I liked as a little more like, less... I never understood why Mystique was suddenly like Spider-Man in the Singer movies. I was like, why is she beating people up with her feet? Like, in, <laughs> yeah. in close quarters. Just shoot him. Like, that's what Mystique would do. Because she's naked. But it just, it, it doesn't make any sense without yeah, any level. And so then watching Jennifer Lawrence, who just, it was weirdly, like, gross. Yeah. She's, like, stocky. Like, just, I don't it just looked really unattractive and weird. And then, like, the really should, horrible, like, well, fake leg that was, like. Yeah. I was just like, ew, this is dumb and doesn't. I don't like. Brian Singer is not the best at shooting beautiful women. Like, he's not. It's a kind of a... I mean, Famke overcomes him. Oh, for uh, sure. But, oh, yeah. but not in the first one. I mean, he, he makes her look kind of rough. And I think no. he's just kind of bad at it. So, yeah. And and I, I, mean, I think that might have something to do with it. I just... Whereas Hugh looks amazing. Yeah. You see his butt. And, and, and I don't want right. This, <laughs> this is kind of... But I, it took this long I for that to happen. I mean, this is a legitimate critique because it kind of bothers me. Like, no, I, I, and I feel... And I don't... Well, I'm not trying to come off as, like, homophobic or anything here. And I, I don't think you... That's, but, yeah. But I just... <laughs> but I just... Like, I do... He... He kind of has a problem with that. Well, yeah. and like you said, he has no real defining, like, what is the Brian Singer aesthetic? And right. you can't, not even in the simplest of terms, like, oh, he likes wide shots. Like, there's nothing right. that's, like, signature. And it's weird, like, aside from, like, bad costuming and, like, dated, like, hair. <laughs> like, the, the future timeline all looks, you're like, okay. Like, that. that's deleted scenes from the first one. But he did a good job with, with I, I think anyway, I've already argued with somebody about this, but I think he did a good job with the uh, 1970s stuff, kind of logically progressing what Matthew Vaughn set up. Like, oh, it, it doesn't yeah. look too singerized to me. Like, I'm no. like, okay, everybody's costumes look good enough. And that timeline was actually sweet because nobody's dressed in the same outfit. Like, they all look different. Even yeah. in, like, the final scenes when they're all, they're all, they look X-Men-y because they're all wearing different, different gear. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like he didn't. He resisted the urge to put them in bad, like leather outfits. <laughs> no. And uh, it's it's really weird. So it makes me optimistic to think maybe with the with Apocalypse, if he if he ends up staying on board and, and seeing it through, that we'll actually get like a kind of a unique looking X Men team. But um, man, I don't know. It's, I never thought I'd be in a position where I'd be say I'd, I'd be excited to see what the next installment of X Men has in store. <laughs> You're totally. right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure why Mystique needs to be front and center as much as she had in the series in general. I've never understood. Like, I'm like... That, that's what she I actually made, liked. See, I... I the, the thing with Mystique that bugs me is, like, I just... I felt like her screen presence in this movie and her her amount of screen time is solely because of Jennifer Lawrence becoming Jennifer Lawrence. And the studio is like, she has to be front and center in this thing. Like, because it's gonna sell tickets like what? And she, they're probably right. I yeah. mean, let's be honest. They're... They're not wrong, but well. And to be fair, Mystique has a pretty heavy storyline in Days of Future Past. It's all about them going back in time to stop her from killing Senator Kelly. I know, but at this point, they've kind of changed enough stuff where I would have been more interested in seeing another character. You know what I mean? I just, I guess, I'm just tired of Mystique. Like, I she's been in every movie so <laughs> far, almost. So to counterpoint that uh, a little bit, I actually liked that because Mystique is the one character that, through all the X Men films, I've never cared about at all. And so to make her actually integral and her like her role in it is interesting. I just don't like the way that they chose to make her like her physicality and all that. I just it, it didn't fit for me in this series of movies. But I think too you're you're right about Jennifer Lawrence being a box office draw. But I I would think that if that were super the case, they would have not had her in her blue makeup all the time. If I would have mm, had a lot yeah. more of her not in makeup, that's true. Um, yeah, maybe. Which I would have been okay with because she probably would have been not leapfrogging around the room as much <laughs> anymore awkwardly. 
But also, if if Xavier and Magneto are ever going to team up, it's for her. Like mm, we realize true. that she's pretty crucial in that plot regard. Also, is that the one common ground that they have is they both like her. So yeah, I guess I just didn't want her to be that linchpin for whatever reason. I was cool with it, but the execution of it was was a little clunky. And Jennifer Lawrence didn't seem to really. She wasn't as good as she was in the first one. In the first one, she was really like poured a lot into her character, and in this one, she just kind of felt like I'm mad. But yeah, I'm not mad because. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, her motivations were really weird. Yeah. Does anybody does anybody else hate the beast action as much as I do? It's wire fools. Some of it's okay. Yeah. Some of it's not. I, it, I think it it, I thought looks... it was better. Than, I mean, three. It's really bad. But I, well, I don't remember <laughs> three, and I don't remember much of first class <laughs> at this point either, and how it looked in first class. But this is the only time where I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I hate all, how how all of this is portrayed. It's very reminiscent of Nightcrawler in X two. Yes. Yes, like and no. there's like a straight up that Nightcrawler works a little bit better for me because you don't like the, the the issue with me for Beast is kind of his fluid motion. It's the most like clunky like I'm gonna hurtle towards air and my momentum isn't gonna match up with what I'm doing at all. It's very strange. <laughs> with Nightcrawler, at least you get the he like flashes in and out. Well, the teleporting helps. It helps yeah, you can't watch it, it hides it much. Yeah, it does. Right. But I mean, some of the beasts, like the shot of him when he first runs down Wolverine in the hallway and like flips up to the chandelier, I was like, "That's cool." Like I, I bought it. But I think it depends on the setting. Like outside in the fountain, it was a little goofy. Well, I was, I was thinking like in the very first, like in the hallway up there, like when he hops up on the chandelier, that's fine. But like when he's when he's fir- when he first he jumps like, off the wall, you hear him run up the stairs and jump off the wall. Like it, it just seems really gooby to me. I'm like. Mm. <laughs> It's a little wire fooey. That's probably the only big like issue that I have. I would probably <laughs> take I would stupid, probably take that over like a, a CGI beast in one scene and then like a costumed beast suddenly in a close up, I'd be like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I commend the use of a person. <laughs> Tim, I think we need more negative ish. Do you have no, anything? I kinda Does like, anybody have anything? I'm I'm feeling positive. Like I like listening to you guys I don't really and that's the thing, like I don't I can't really like pick this movie apart. I just yeah. didn't really enjoy it. Okay. I, mean, I liked uh, I liked Dinklage. Dinklage was good. Dinklage, Dinklage was, was great. He was he was really interesting. Fastbender is awesome. Like he's just the coolest dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I want everything. I said this. I want everything out of the 1970s Magneto collection. It's <laughs> right? Beautiful. His wardrobe. Yeah. I don't even know why he went back his to his hat. costume. Yeah, but his hat was so sweet. Yeah. Like he was his Pharrell so... hat was beautiful. <laughs> he was. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I would have just worn that around. Yeah. That scene was weird where he had to like go break in and steal back his helmet. Oh, I want to say I like Quicksilver. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I like Quicksilver a lot more than I thought I would. I liked him as I a think character. we all did. Yeah. yeah. I, I was worried about him. I mean, I still don't like the costume. He looks dumb still, yeah, but he, yeah. he's at least but, funny. Yeah, I, I enjoyed his character. I kind of wanted a little more of him, actually. So yeah. and The scene, I don't think, works well. They do a scene... Um, the scene itself is really good. And I'm not going to be able to explain it, but it's basically the time's frozen and he runs around and makes like the guards hit themselves, and it's really, it's a really amazing yeah. scene. Um, and he uses he uses uh, time in a bottle, the yeah. song, and it's it's really kind of it's it's not well placed, I don't think, and it kind of hurts the scene overall. But I really, really, I thought it was a really. The scene was really cool, even though yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense, but I enjoyed watching <laughs> Putting a man's hand here doesn't make him... Doesn't provide, <laughs> doesn't doesn't provide the momentum. Yeah. To Unless, and we were, I was discussing this earlier with somebody else, he's moving so fast that this movement, for him, is like at the speed of sound, basically. And, and then, and then adding, he stops yeah. here, and it's only going like this fast. That's true. So, and that, and it, they yeah, didn't, they didn't really works. ever set up the parameters of just how fast he is, but yeah. he's obviously, apparently, the most powerful mutant in the world who defies physics, because he... <laughs> He does at one point tell him, he's like, oh, are you guys? Never mind, I just read your registration. Like, yeah. you're from out of state. He's, like, that fast where, like, you can't even blink. Like blink, and he's already been a Nickelodeon's outside. clock stoppers going <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this is, a, this is a problem that's... I, Which that, made me say, why did they cut him loose? Why didn't they go, hey, man, we could use you? Yeah, like, yeah. that's the other thing. We like, kind of more used... useful than anybody here. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, like, this is a problem for me. At, like, Electro, I had the same problem, and a couple other superhero movies, I never know what the parameters of yeah. people's powers are anymore. Like, Magneto is doing stuff in this. Like, he's grabbing things. I'm like, where is he getting the metal on that? Like, how is he dragging that guy? Him reprogramming <laughs> robots with, with train tracks is right. a little... <laughs> it's a little out. Like, I never know what anybody's may have are. fractured the ice cap. A bit, so <laughs> and I, I don't really. I mean, it just kind of like I'm just confused most of the time. I'm like, oh, he can yeah. do that now. I guess. I think it's a legitimate concern. <laughs> I do like that this movie also helps reinforce that Wolverine without adamantium is like Rocky. Where really he can just yeah. he can just get the shit kicked out of him and be okay. But he's not as much of an offensive badass mm-hmm. without the adamantium. Like yeah. it was cool that his bone claws just kind of bounce off of Sentinels, and you're like, oh. I thought it was weird. He like puts it into the Gatling gun, and they don't get broken. It was like, I feel like his bones should get broken there. Yeah, <laughs> but 
I don't I, know. That, that was cool that it kind of brought Wolverine down to a yeah. more... Like, now he's not the answer to every problem. Mm-hmm. He's just... Uh, he's like... That's what's always been cool about the X-Men is a lot of their powers aren't, like, always helpful. Or some of them aren't, like, ever helpful except in, like, a team-oriented capacity. And that's that's kind of what I was going to say about, like, in the past we've gotten really great Wolverine movies. I think it's just the issue that, like... Usually somebody's got to be the key to the, the, the issue. Like, it's, it's that some mutant has the ability to counteract whatever else is going on. Right. So it's just sucked that it was always Wolverine that got picked in the first two or three. Well, I'm optimistic for the for the future that maybe we'll finally see, like, the scene where, like, the Blackbird touches down and Cyclops is the field commander. And he... Because yeah. part of Cyclops' shtick is that he's just a brilliant tactician. Yeah. And he immediately sees a problem and is like... Wolverine do that, Storm do that, Colossus do that, Blink do that, Blink slingshot Colossus through a portal like that kind of. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> Blink's Blink's portal moment, like portal the video game moment mm-hmm. of building Colossus' momentum by just like shooting him straight down and then out. That was amazing. And I the cool, was so the cool happy thing about that. like that type of scenario is that a lot of these mutants are not like they don't they don't even necessarily know or realize some applications of their powers they can have and Cyclops does he's like yeah hey, I'll bounce it off the blast off of Colossus to get around the corner type thing and like Nightcrawler will teleport someone right in the path and Blink will open a portal and can blow the roof off this room type thing mm-hmm. so I'm excited to see if Singer can can kind of give us a more a better a better team movie because this one I thought was a pretty good X-Men movie overall. Everybody kind of had a couple moments that were yeah. good. Yeah, it's, It helps that there really was no team in the past, so you've got like four guys to yeah. focus on. But I'm trying to think of more negatives, too, for the... I don't know. I think we can... We're, we're running a little long. I what think do a lot we, of it is just aesthetic stuff. What do we think about um, Apocalypse? The little tag at the end? That's sweet. Sure. I was fine with it. I, I actually know. forgot about the fact that the four horsemen were in it until this morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought about it. I was like, oh yeah, like that was just cool. Chilling over there. It was an interesting. Uh, it was cool because that. it wasn't like a scene. It was just like like we'll never see that again. No. It was just and and it, it, it didn't. Nobody talked. It was like, yes, apocalypse. <laughs> you just hear them chanting his name. His name, which yeah. was neat, and like it was, it was cool. The apocalypse is here. I mean, if Cable had just, had just jumped in at the end of the scene and, like, come at him, I would have shit. I would have bricked in the theater. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be pretty sweet. It would have been well, insane. But I'm, I'm really glad. Yeah, I'm like glad they the do it. the biggest gun in the world. I'm glad they do it the way... Oh, yeah. He's got a... I mean, just the stupid guns that people should be wearing otherwise. I, I'm glad that they don't commit like that, though, because then they can wait to, like, cast somebody. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as I realized it was going to be Apocalypse, I'm like, the first thought probably in everyone's head is, who is it? Like, yeah. who's playing him? But I'm glad he was just, like, a kid, because he'll never look like that in mm-hmm. the movies. He'll be, like, the Apocalypse we think of now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, honestly, could be, like, CGI'd Peter Dinklage, it's, and they could just recycle him, and I'd be okay with it. bring back Brian Cox, paint him blue. Dinklage was... <laughs> big enough. A lot of people enough. are saying they think Dinklage was underutilized. I think... Maybe, I could see maybe that. Maybe slightly, only yeah. because I can't remember where he ended up. And all I can think of is he was in the capsule and Magneto flew away and, like, and him and Nixon were killed. okay. Yeah. I mean, I think you could argue that anybody in this movie is underutilized if you're a big enough fan of them. Yeah, right. for sure. Because I, mean, I think it's just the Game of Thrones people being like, no, we need more Dinklage. And I'm like, dude, the Dinklage that was in it was really good. Yeah. And he had a sweet mustache. And he he did really well. His scene in, his opening scene in the courtroom was really funny. Yeah. Like, his reactions were very, very good when they made some joke and he just kind of was like, yeah. <laughs> good one, guys. Fuck you. <laughs> haven't, haven't heard that <laughs> and before. here's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very, very good. And all I could think was when we were watching, like, people thought he was going to be Puck. (laughs) This is a real thing. (laughs) People were like, oh, he must be the only midget superhero that's out there. And he was really good. He was really good. I bought him, for sure. I I believed his, like, motivations. And he he did it. Like, I almost was on his side. Like, during that opening courtroom scene, Singer and, and, and the writing team did a great job of making me think he was the good guy for a minute. I was like, hey, stop picking on him. He's right. No, he wants to eradicate the mutants. Never mind. He's bad. Well, you know, yeah, the screen time, the screen time thing's a weird complaint in this movie. Like, yeah. I don't know how there's any way around that. No, and I don't think there were any issues with it. Really, like right. I think everybody, it's distributed well. And yeah, yeah and, like if you're like, oh man, I'm a huge Iceman fan. Wish we would have gotten more Iceman. <laughs> like actually, I, the Iceman fans are super happy because he did the ice slide for once, and he was full oh, body yeah. Iceman. Yeah, I was, I was happy with. I'm, I'm glad that shots. technology has gotten us yeah. full body Iceman. <laughs> Anybody else feel the insane Terminator vibe from the opening scene? It was like the the fields of skulls and like yeah, yeah. there was that definitely a Terminator vibe there. The and neon, there was a Tron, awesome. yeah. Tron thing going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, it totally looked like the the mm-hmm. loading station at the uh, third act of yeah. Tron Legacy. Except it was neon yeah. pink, which was so it was an interesting amalgam of of the different yeah. futures. Yeah. Right off the bat, I was like, wow, that looks cool. <laughs> Were the humans in trouble too in the future? Because in the IMDb, yes. to say, yeah. the, what 
uh, were the Sentinels uh, hunting them too? Sentinels were hunting humans that were going to produce mutant offspring. They could oh. they could, preemptively yeah, yeah they could see the they whatever, could tell by their DNA. their genetic code that they would eventually eventually have some kind so of so basically they were killing pretty much everybody yeah yeah oh yeah I guess that's interesting uh, uh, Wolverine explains that to Professor X when he tracks him down at the okay. at the that, mansion I missed that. they infer that there's a handful of people still alive that are kind of just dicks that like kind of they kind of, they're like Dennis Hopper that's the they tower infer the yeah they infer okay. that they say that there's some nasty people that are still around, but most of them are they're either in concentration camps or they're wiped out. So that's cool. It would have been neat to see more future stuff because it was more of the culture of what people would yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. Let us know what you thought of X Men: Days of Future Past. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at MFN Podcast. Um, Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. 248-735-636. 636 uh, 636 is also MFN. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? And then... Um, what luck. Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> thank you, Google Voice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Aunt Mr. John, thank you for our music and artwork. And uh, I think that's it. Comics Y. Go watch a movie. GW Bridge.